Hi, are you sick and tired of paying hundreds of dollars a month for cable or dish? GNR TV is your answer. These guys have an incredible 100% legal product that is a cord cutter's dream. For as low as $25 a month, you will get over 400 HD channels, including all major sports packages, pay-per-views, premium movies, and entertainment. To get started, all you need is a streaming device, such as an Amazon Fire Stick, internet, and a desire to save a ton of cash. No contracts, no credit checks, no hidden fees. I myself have been a subscriber, and I must say, this service is amazing. To learn more, search GNR TV on Facebook or Instagram, and I will also be posting a link on my pages to check out on my podcast website. Lastly, for first-time subscribers, use promo code SIRS30 to save $5 for your first month. GNR TV, streaming done right. Let's get slicing and dicing with Sir Sturdy Horror fans. On this podcast, you will hear me and a guest do some movie reviews, random funny horror chats, and whatever else comes to mind. So tune in, kick back, relax, and always remember, I'll see you in your nightmares. Well, just Jason's mask. Welcome to another exciting episode of Horror with Sir Sturdy, ladies and gentlemen. I have three awesome, amazing people on here. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, and we can start. So, go ahead. I'm Lauren. I'm the writer and director of the horror movie Jed. Thanks for coming on, Lauren. Uh, I'll jump in. My name's Ashton, and I'm a producer and second assistant director and animal wrangler on Jed. Oh, wow. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and hi, my name is Bobby Pimentel. Um, also a producer and uh, first assistant director uh, for Jed. That's awesome. So I guess just let us all know about the, Je- the movie Jed. All right. Well, I mean, it's an LGBT horror movie. Um, it's We tried to create... Um, kind of a regular storyline, but use LGBT characters because there's not really a ton of that happening in horror, at least from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be some like underground thing happening that I just haven't heard of yet. Um, but we're we used a lot of LGBT actors as well uh, mm-hmm. playing these characters. Um, pretty much everyone on set uh, is at least an ally of the community so it was a different atmosphere than a lot of sets that people are used to mm-hmm. and you know just like the so movie plot um these girls all get together after being apart for a while they go camping uh one of the girls had been sent to a mental asylum by her parents for coming out because this is kind of like a kind of like a warped reality it's not necessarily today um because no one really does that (laughs) sends them to asylums anymore um and then they all get together this girl's still dealing with the trauma from that and she runs into this pair of brothers one of whom was also at the asylum um and she witnessed him kind of get 
disfigured, <laughs> and these two brothers terrorize the girls during their camping trip. And I won't tell you who dies. You'll have to watch the movie. Oh, I'm going to watch it. One, oh, for sure. We one, need to make sure we get a screener link to you. I would greatly appreciate that. And I will yeah. I will review, review the movie on the podcast. I'll let you guys know. I won't spoil anything until it's, like, officially out-out because I do a spoiler podcast. But if I do get screeners, I'll just, like, talk briefly about the movie. I won't go into too many details. Yeah, well, that'd be cool. But I'm excited to yeah. see it. When's this? Maybe you can come to our casting crew screening uh, coming up in hopefully around October and you can have your first Chick-fil-A sandwich. <laughs> That'd be great. I'm actually, I have a con that I'm going to in October. October was the 18th through the 20th. I'm taking my podcast table out there and just going to be networking and having some fun, hopefully some more panels. Uh, but I would, oh, love, I would love to if I could. Trust me. I love North Carolina. <laughs> And my family oh, yeah. would be happy to see me. So, yeah, Aaron, it's been about 15 years. What brought you? A movie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh, I think know. one of the things about Jed that sets it apart from other movies is the fact that representation for the LGBT community doesn't just – it's not just like a marketing tool. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just extend to the casting and sort of just – it's not used as a ploy to get people to watch it. It's really made by people who are a part of the community and who see this issue with representation. That's good. I respect that. I respect that a lot, actually. I know what you mean, how people use stuff as like a marketing ploy. Like, hey, this is what this movie is about, blah, blah, blah. Come watch it. But they don't have the people for this. They don't have the people that are actually, I don't want to, for a better lack of words, affected by that or like that are in that lifestyle, so to speak. Right. So that you're just throwing people in that are acting like this or acting like that instead of somebody who's really dealing with the issues that these people really have to deal with. So I that's I think that's really awesome that you guys are doing that. Oh, thank you. We I tried to when I was creating the characters, I tried to pull from people that I that I know as well, um, and that was really helpful in doing all the dialogue and just how the relationships flowed with everybody, just kind of pulling off things that I've experienced. That's good. That's really good. No. Oh my god, Lauren, does that mean that Andrea really exists in real life? <laughs> no, Andrea Andrea's an interesting character. Um, Andrea is kind of like the group drunk, uh, the party girl. She, she gets a little involved with someone she shouldn't. And ultimately, she just does not care. <laughs> She's like, whatever, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to have fun. And everything's going to be fine. Um... She's kind of more of, like, an exaggerated person. Like, I know people who are like that, but maybe not to that extreme. So I just, really, I, with her character, I just really wanted to just have her as a party girl. Like, we need a party girl that's like, everything's fine. You guys are stupid. To kind of bring everything back down. <laughs> I feel like for those, for from what I've seen from the trailers, for those type of horror movies, though, you kind of need those, the party girl, the party guy kind of role in those movies, just... For it to kind of work and make sense, you know, a group of friends going out to camp or whatever they're getting ready to do, there's always that one loose, yeah, wild one. Yeah, there's always, like, why didn't they know that someone was coming after them to kill them? It's like, oh, they were drunk. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they were that, that one friend that nobody really loves to hang out with, but it always makes it interesting, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's kind of, Andrea's character is kind of, 
She's friends with everyone, but she's not close to any of them. Okay. Um, so she just kind of throws herself in, in a way, and just goes to have fun. Just kind of does her own thing. Now, are any of you in this movie? No. <laughs> no, we are not. Um, Strictly mm. behind the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, actually, um, we have plans for a sequel that I'm still working on writing right now. Uh, but Bobby will make an appearance in the second movie. Oh. And we've talked about that before as well. There you go, Bobby. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, me, me and Lauren have, um, we've actually worked together before. Um, and the nice thing about the cast and crew is, um, you know, we had 10 days to do this. And um, so, you know, we're battling the elements. Everything's pretty much outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we, you know, we have bugs and rain and, and, and the heat and everything like that. Um, but the nice thing is about the whole cast and crew is we've, we've continued to work together on other projects. Um, so that's always a nice thing. So, it's, you know, you build a family out of this. Um, spending 10 days together through all those elements. Sometimes we were out there till like 6 in the morning shooting. Um, yeah, I mean, you just you just build a community out of it. And you build a family out of it. So that was, that's the nice thing about it. Uh, like I said, we've all worked on other projects together. So that was just yeah. a nice experience. Yeah, I think there were only like two or three people that I hadn't worked with before like coming into jed even in the crew it was like i would i showed up on set and a friend of mine was running sound it's like what are you doing here like (laughs) it really is just like a big family of queer folk in the woods (laughs) making a movie yeah when we when we casted i did cast a lot of people that i didn't know um so just working with different people um and then from so we filmed this last summer mm-hmm. uh, in 2018 and since then i've done like a handful of films with pretty much everyone that was in that cast oh, um cool. and i just think that's awesome and i think a lot of the people that came didn't know each other i know ashton knew a lot of people um but and some of them uh took acting classes together and and bobby that's when you started taking acting classes with them uh, right yeah. Yeah. Exactly, Jed. Yeah. Um, so I think just bringing people together for any long duration of time where you're fighting elements and filming and getting frustrated and like creating something awesome, uh, you just, like they said, you just bond with these people and then they end up working on projects together. Like I know a lot of people from Jed who, you know, things happen, um, people get together in more than one way. And then, you know, they, uh, you know, they're making movies together now, like as we speak. So and there are people that might not have met each other if we hadn't have done Judd. Oh, yeah. There are a handful of uh, crew members in particular that like before Jed, I maybe had heard of them, but not worked with them before. Mm-hmm. But now it's like they're my go to. Like if I want somebody to do really solid like gore makeup one of the first people I think of is Justin who did the makeup on jet. Oh, that's awesome. Oh yeah. That's cool. I like stuff like that. You guys kind of stay connected and just find each and find each other work. It sounds like, Hey, they need a makeup artist on this movie set. These guys are cool to work with. Let me call Justin. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Shout out to Justin. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Justin. Yeah, just- Justin, come on the podcast. Justin killed it. Um, we could, I mean, for a very, very low budget horror movie, we could have had it look a lot worse if we hadn't had Justin. <laughs> like, it would have looked terrible. <laughs> so, I'm really thankful for Justin. <laughs> so, what got you guys all into the to the movies, as far as making movies, I'll say? Um, for me personally, I've always been into audio recorders, video recorders since I was a little kid. Um, and when I got in high school, I was able to take an editing class and I really got into that. And then in college, I ended up majoring in radio and I did a lot of work in radio, but I was like, I, I just, I enjoy audio. Um, but I also really like storytelling and writing and coming up with something ridiculous uh, that I think is funny and then hoping other people think is funny. Um, so even, and even though this is a horror movie, there, there's some comedy in there as well. Um, I don't think I can write anything without a touch of comedy. Um, but I think just being able to put something down on a piece of paper, go out, make it, and then being able to watch it just appeals to me. Um, so then after college, I was not working in radio. I was working like, regular jobs, two or three jobs. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start doing this on the side because it's what I want to do in the future. Um, and then just from there, like every project gets a little better. Um, everyone's a learning experience. And I don't know, it's it's fun. Like it's a whole different atmosphere. It doesn't feel like work. Um, I'm sure if I did it every single day, it might feel like work. <laughs> but it doesn't right now. And that still draws me to it. That's good. What about you two, Ashton and uh, Bobby? Well, um, I've wanted to make movies for just about as long as I can remember. Um, when I left high school, I was pretty set on writing and directing. So I went to school for with a, and I got an undergrad degree in mass communication, which I thought might be a foundation for either. And then my very first job outside of school was at a film production office where I really learned like the ins and outs of pre-production and packaging, distributing, and all the things that happen offset. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love to be on set, I think having that learning experience was invaluable. And it showed me that I have a very strong passion, not just for production, not just for what happens on set, but for the everything in between, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I decided based on that that I was gonna go to graduate school and study creative producing. And in between that I had like a leap year mm-hmm. between leaving my job in Asheville and moving so I could go to school again. And I learned about the project that spring and realized that I was gonna be moving closer to where it was shooting and I just sort of threw myself in full force like yes this is a project that I want to do this is something I want on my slate before going like going back to school and dealing with all that craziness that's cool that's really cool um for me wow uh 
I've probably been writing for 30 plus years, but I've, I've never submitted anything. Just kind of wrote for myself. Just a huge movie buff. Um, was always interested in acting, but, you know, flying out to L.A. and sleeping in your car, trying to be an actor, just wasn't an option for me. So about four or five years ago, I ran into this group here that did short films, and they were involved in what's called the 48-hour um, film uh, 48-hour film production or something like that. I forget the name, the full name of it. Project, 48-hour film project. So they're all over the States and everything. That's actually how I met Lauren on one of those um, one of those projects. I acted for her when she was directing a couple of years ago, and that's how we first met. But um, after that, I mean, I, we like I said, we kind of got involved in the projects where I, I'll write, I'll direct, I'll act. And then, as we mentioned before, some of the girls that are in the cast we're taking acting classes and actually I've been taking acting classes at the same studio for a little bit over a year. And in January I actually signed with an agent. So I've actually, I guess you can consider me a working actor, although work's kind of scarce on a professional level, but, uh, yeah, that's how I got started and just, uh, I'm continuing to pursue it. That's awesome. That's, that's real cool. And it's cool how you guys all just met up in that town in Carolina and working together. Yeah, because there's nothing in that town, so that is pretty great. (laughs) There's like a single discount grocery gas station with one pump. (laughs) It's it's one of those small towns, wow. (laughs) I remember going out one day because we needed a map for a prop, and I was like looking for grocery stores or like gas stations or anybody who might have a map, and it was a struggle. (laughs) No. Yeah, I think we ended up. Didn't we just use like a piece of yellow paper? Or like, and we drew on it. I did not come back with the map. I know that much. I went to like produce stands and gas stations. Yeah, our map consisted of a piece of like crumpled up, weathered looking yellow paper, and there's like crude writing on it, which was me. <laughs> and it's it's kind of comical. <laughs> But you improvised. I wonder they got lost. Yeah. It's not a very useful map. um, (laughs) But it is a key uh, prop to the story. (laughs) That's a cool story around it, though. A little funny, cool story around it. So that's a good, that's a good, maybe it's good you didn't find a real map. Yeah. It adds to its B-movie character. Oh, of course. And now, you know, enough, (laughs) enough, watch, enough people want to see it. They're going to want a prop of that map. They're going to want a prop of that mat for you guys to all sign. Yeah, do we even still have that prop? <laughs> you got to just make another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how will they know? I wonder if Janine kept it. Janine was our um, prop master, and she she killed it, did amazing. Um, she created an entire cage for a human being out of some, like, old chain link fen- fence and some plywood and... One of our actors was, like, kicking the hell out of it. And you could see it on her face. She was like, oh, no, my baby. My baby cage. <laughs> She's a um, badass. We had uh, we had used raw meat. It was, like, pork liver and, uh, oh, goodness, beef kidneys. And they were expired. We had used them the previous <laughs> April to shoot our trailer. We actually shot the trailer before we shot the film. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we wanted to use the trailer as 
uh, a way to show people what they were donating to. We were fundraising. Um, and we put all that meat from April into this big glass jar. It was like a pickle jar, I think, that Ashton brought. Yeah. And <laughs> we, kept it, in. <laughs> we kept it in a deep freezer. Um, and then we thawed it out in July. <laughs> it was super hot. And there's, you could hear coyotes around. Um, and Janine and Justin were the brave souls that went in there and got the meat with their hands and spread it out and made it look good. <laughs> it smelled horrendous. It was the worst smell ever. I can only imagine how that smelled. I'm just thinking about it now. I'm like, oh, man. I've dealt yeah. with um, like chicken livers and all that, but not not that old, not expired like that. Just sit, I had him sitting out in the sun because my brother and I would go fishing when he lived out here for catfish, and they like smelly things, so I can only imagine that. Oh, man. Yeah, um, it was left out, smelly, and then refrozen, and then thawed back out the smell again. And we kept using it a couple days, I think, um, until they were like breaking apart to touch. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Um, there's a scene in the movie where we have some of this rancid meat inside um, Jed and his brother's RV, mm-hmm. and we had the actors come into the RV. And I wanted to get their genuine reaction because it smelled so bad. And Janine did a really great job decorating the RV as well. Um, So I didn't let them in or anywhere near it to practice or anything. I just wanted their raw reaction to the smell and, like, to how everything looked. Um, And um, (laughs) just their initial reaction, like, that is the take that I ended up using because it's... You can see it on their face that they're like, oh, my God, this is terrible. (laughs) It smells like it's been out here for months (laughs) because it kind of has. I like I like that. This sounds like a really interesting movie. I liked what you just said there, though, because you get the real initial reaction. Like you don't have to go in there and practice or or even not necessarily practice because if something smells bad, it smells bad. You don't have to practice for that, but they don't have to. They don't get to get that smell first, first day and then be like, okay, this is what I have to deal with. I hold my breath when I go in there. It's like, no, you're going to smell it. Boom. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. It's like getting that first reaction. <laughs> that was also the day that we had, I brought um, some live roaches to set. I had um, Madagascar hissing cockroaches and we were putting them around the RV and we were getting like B-roll and stuff of them crawling all over the plates and over the beds and stuff and having to stand there and like hold them and then put them down a reset and like put them in the exact same spot over and over. Like as we were getting the takes, it was, it was pretty gnarly to be standing there in that like stinky RV mm-hmm. waiting for honest, them, willing yeah. these bugs to go the right direction. Yeah. I'm sure they don't cooperate very well. <laughs> and our cinematographer was gagging the whole time. <laughs> our vegan <laughs> cinematographer. Ugh. From your guys' trailer alone, the cinematography looks amazing. And I, I'm i a big, big fan of fan-made films, independent films and all that, just because I just, I'm so amazed by what somebody can do with just an idea and just a dream without the big Hollywood budget. It's like, look, I'm going to do this movie. I'm going to do it. And for like, I, yeah. from the trailer, it looks amazing. I cannot wait to see this. Well, thank you. We, um... I know, I know Chris uh, worked hard. Chris was a cinematographer. He worked hard 
um, trying to get the right angles. Um, but we, we ended up raising when we did fundraising $500, um, which in movie world is not a lot of money, but when you come from the films that we've all done for free, uh, it feels like a lot. Um, so everyone worked on this project for free. They volunteered that's awesome. for 10 days in the hot sun. And I think that is insane. Like, that's amazing. And I'm so thankful that these people did that. Um, and the, the thing is, we, so we raised $500. That money got stolen later. So it ended up not really Yay. helping in that sense. Um, but, you know, we got through it. Everyone had food. We had plenty of drinks. We had uh, three beer sponsors. Oh. Um, yeah, we had uh, Green Man Brewing um, from Asheville. Uh, Bramari Brewing from Asheville. Lookout Brewing from Black Mountain, mm-hmm. and then we also had catering a couple times on set from Chupacabra Latin Cafe uh, up in Asheville as well, um, and they also did the same thing for, you know, we did like sponsorships, um, things like that, so we did find workarounds to try to work with a low budget, um, so there's always a way, there <laughs> just being able to find people who uh, want to do it as much as you do. Now, did you guys did you guys not take like the Kickstarter Indiegogo route? We did. We we okay. used Indiegogo, and that's how we raised the five hundred. Okay. So, would you be doing that for the sequel too? Probably, yeah. We'll we'll look at Indiegogo, Kickstarter. Um, there's this other one. I think it's like Seed and Spark or something like that. Um, I know there there are so many of them. When I was looking at trying to fundraise for Jed last year. Um, but we're definitely going to look at all of our options and I'm hoping, um, once people see Jed, they'll be more willing to help us fund the second Jed. And I'd love to pay my cast and crew this time because they work so hard. I can almost, again, I only seen the trailer, which is about a minute. I can almost guarantee that people will be back in this second movie just from what you guys are talking about, the things you guys had to go through with it. And the way the movie looks, and it looks it looks like it's a fun movie. Again, you only see a minute of the trailer, but I'm just like, I, I can't wait to freaking see it. Oh, that means a lot. Thank you. And, like, with, um, I'm not sure how, how often you guys are on Facebook and stuff a lot, but as far as, like, all the horror groups I'm involved in, there's a lot of people that really like to back these fan-made films. Like, they'll just throw 10, 15, 20, whatever, you know, whatever the budget is for the film, they'll throw a couple of dollars towards them all, just about all the time for these films because it's just yeah (laughs) the horror community is so loving and welcoming it's crazy oh yeah every dollar helps and that's one thing I love especially about the horror community as a whole and like why I want my slate to be mostly horror and thriller projects is because you have that like that family that world of people it's like you make a certain type of movie for any budget and then putting it out there is a very vulnerable experience because you don't know if people will like it or how people will respond. Mm-hmm. But making a horror movie, it's like you almost have this like sense of security in that like somebody will love this. That's Even if it turns out cheesy and dumb, somebody really digs that. <laughs> I love that. Even if just, it's terrible. I love yeah. that you guys just said all that. I love you said all that because I say this all the time with horror. There's movies where and I'm just going to throw this one out here. The movie, um, it's called Thanksgiving about a killer turkey. 
Oh, yes. I love Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes, I love that. That's like my favorite horror comedy. And it's one of those, it's the type of movie where horror is the only genre where you can get away with something like that. Like, you couldn't have, like, Super Turkey for, like, a Marvel type of movie. Nobody would really want to, <laughs> nobody would really want to see that. It's just like, no, but horror, you can really go with, and you can go in, like, any direction. And people are gonna people are gonna watch it just because it's horror. Like I, there's been people who said, Aaron, I've seen this movie. I can't think of any names right now, but I've seen this movie. It's horrible. And I'm like, oh really? How do I see this? How can I find? How can I find this movie? Yes. But with any other genre, it doesn't really work. Like again, with comedy, somebody could say, I've seen this comedy movie. It wasn't all that funny. It was horrible. I'm gonna be like, okay, well, tell me what it is so I don't watch it. Because it's just, I don't know. It's so funny how horror works, and I love how. Just with me, I started podcasting last January. This January will be two years. And I love how just how welcoming and how open the horror community is with everything that people, even if you're just a fan, if you don't do podcasts, if you're just a fan who just watches the movies and listens to the podcast, or if you're an actor, actress, director, and all that, everybody's so welcoming and they're just sharing everything with the horror. Like, hey, you should go check this movie out. These guys have this awesome fan-made film movie. They're trying to work up a budget. Go check them out. You know, buy some, get some off their Indiegogo, support their Indiegogo, and it keeps growing more and more. That's another thing about like the process of making Jed that I felt was different from like other experiences. I'm not saying like making a movie is a miserable process, but it's a lot of hard work. And we kind of remember, at least me, I kind of remember the process of making Jed in like two different lenses. On one hand, it was extremely hot. You know, I had a sunstroke. You know, it was a lot of hard work running around, like, this huge property. But on the other hand, it's, like, the coolest thing you could be doing with your summer. We had free, like, we had beer sponsorships and fried chicken. And, like, I love all my best pals are out there in the woods with me, like, driving an arrow through a person. Like, See? what? what else do you want? You oh, yeah, I forgot. Bojangles also was very generous as a sponsor as well. You guys had me at Beer and Fried Chicken. I'll, hey, Aaron, I need you to be in this movie. What are you paying? Beer and Fried Chicken? Okay. That, yeah. I wasn't expecting anything, but since you said it, I'll be there. <laughs> That's really like how it was. I mean, we had this beautiful location that we call the farm that we've done other projects on. And there's like horses and donkeys. There's a million dogs. <laughs> and... Like, we were running around on ATVs and stuff. Like, it was it was just a really great environment to be a part of and a really great group of people to be working with, even though it was at times miserable or, like, difficult. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, what else could you be doing? Yeah, see, and another, another thing I love, I'm so glad that we got to finally do this podcast, but I love how you guys are saying all this stuff. Like, I feel... A lot of times people kind of look a, look for the reward of doing something like a movie, like the financial benefit, and they kind of skip over all the fun stuff in between. And I'm just like, this right here, your guys' reason, your guys' movie right here and what you're telling me right here is a perfect reason why you can't always look for the financial gain and financial benefit when you have a passion for something. You just do it. Whatever happens with it, happens with it. But enjoy the, enjoy the process of it because it might not ever happen again. Right. Yeah, I think I think we all felt that because by the tenth day, I know we all needed sleep. That was like the one thing we needed, and I know by the tenth day, you could see it in people, um, myself included. It was like it was really bittersweet that we were done, but then it hit us. It's like, 
oh my gosh, it's over. It's, we're done. There's, you know, there's tears. You can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, that Monday, I know I slept for I don't know how many hours, but as soon as I got my sleep, I'm like on Tuesday. All right, I'm bored. Let's do it again. <laughs> you know? um, and we all felt that because it was bittersweet for all of us, and that's that's why we've all stayed together and all worked together and supported each other. You know, if we're not on the same project, um, and yeah, we've gotten together to do other projects uh, with the cast crew and just just trying to build a whole community. And I love that. I love I love the teamwork aspect of that. Any anything you guys do, definitely send it my way. Get my attention with it because I definitely want to see it. Any projects you guys do, especially horror-wise, come on the podcast to promote it. You got free promotion on here anytime you need it or want it. Oh, thank you. For sure, yeah. Same with the horror group, as I told you. I sent it in the chat just a few minutes ago. Anything horror-related that you guys are involved in, go ahead and feel free to share it on there, including your future Indiegogo projects and all that, because I know people will check it out and back it. We've got some crazy um, behind-the-scenes photos that we've been posting intermittently on the social media for Jed mm-hmm. that were taken by uh, Robin, who I can't remember her the name of her company right off the top of my head, but she's a photographer, and she's also Chris's wife. I'd love to see that. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, we've, um, we've got most of them up on the Jed Facebook page as well. Um, if you just search capital J-E-D, uh, it should pop up. Um, and we've also got a lot of them on um, Outlandish Productions mm-hmm. on that Facebook page as well. Um, and we're on Instagram as Outlandish Productions, too. And that's going to have uh, most of the photos on it as well. We try to put photos everywhere when we can. Now, where are you guys, um, or not where, how's the movie going to be released? Is it? online or well um i think we're still looking at some options i know that i'm wanting to try and um enter it in some festivals and do some private showings um well not necessarily private showings but i would like to do some showings where it's like let's rent out a little theater um just sell a few tickets and just show it one night kind of thing um do that a couple different places um and beyond that, I'm not sure. Ashton's been really good at helping me get everything, uh, you know, all promotions looked at and everything. Um, so we're still weighing our options. I said that we should um, take the RV that we used as our set and just sort of deck it out and call it the murder mobile <laughs> and just drive it across the country, like renting out theaters and stuff. I love Which, the sound of that. <laughs> crazy expensive dream, but like that, that is, if money were no object, that's exactly what I would do with this movie. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really fun. I See, I don't know how the whole film festival thing works, and I know for this one that I'm going, the con I'm going to, I was telling you guys about ScareCon in October, they have the whole film fest thing, and you can submit your films to that. I Again, I don't know how that works. I can give you the email, but I'm, I'm guessing it's too late for that. But for future reference, because I just learned about this, and I go to this freaking con all the time, that they have the film festivals. But for future reference, I will get you guys information. So maybe by next year, if you have a movie out or a project out, you can send, a, you know, send it to that for another film festival. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that'd be a wrap. 
I try to do, you know, I try, I try to help out wherever I can with stuff like this because I'm, I'm a huge horror fan, and the more that comes out, the more excited, the more happy I am. Oh yeah, no, we appreciate, we appreciate your support and everyone who is listening, and just the openness of the horror community in general. We just really appreciate it. Oh, it's, it's gonna be coming a lot more now. Now that I'm, this movie's in my eye. I'll be sharing a lot of that. I'll be sharing a lot of this. Cool. Don't even worry cool. about that. We appreciate oh, yeah. it for sure. Oh, thank you. So what what got everybody in the horror? Like what okay, two parter. Who who or what got you in the horror and what's the first movie you've seen that scared you? That you remember that scared you as a kid, I'll say. Um I guess why horror for this? I I was honestly thinking, I really want to make a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't have a budget. I know I won't have a budget. <laughs> what can I do that's going to be affordable? And my mind went to horror. And I love horror. Um, first movie I saw that scared me? Um, I remember being in about third grade. Uh, and it's when the movie Scream came out. And... My parents and my brother were watching it uh, downstairs in the living room. I went to bed, and I snuck down because I wanted to watch it, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't let me. So I snuck down there, and I was peeking behind the couch. And the first thing I saw was this girl's body turned inside out, hanging from a tree. <laughs> and I think I made a sound, and my parents were like, you need to go back to bed. And that's one of those images that never really leaves your mind. <laughs> That'll definitely do it. That's the earliest one I can remember. <laughs> That's cool. Well, for me, I know Stephen King was definitely my gateway drug as a child. I stayed with my grandparents a lot, and my grandfather had this little like personal library, and I remember he had a copy of It, and I was drawn to it. Oh, is there feedback? <laughs> Sorry, my listening cart is really loud. Oh, you're fine. Um, I was drawn to, like, the cover image. I did. I had no idea what the book was about, but I knew that I it was scary, and I knew that I wanted to read it. But obviously they wouldn't let me read it because I was a child, mm-hmm. and my grandfather had a really strict policy about, like, adult content being shown to children so he wouldn't even let me watch like PG-13 movies until the day I turned 13. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That's real shit. So, we started, I started with my interest with the Stephen King books, but I didn't actually get to read them until later, but my grandfather saw this interest and he helped me harness it in ways that he felt were appropriate. Like, we watched a lot of the Universal monster movies together. We watched Frankenstein and Dracula and The Mummy and all those because they weren't they weren't PG-13 or R. Mm-hmm. And we he just kind of helped me cultivate this taste for horror by starting with the greats. That's that's cool, though. That's, I, I get where he's coming from, though. How about... And- Oh, go ahead. For me, um, well, it's kind of a running joke on set. Um, <laughs> I'm scared of everything. <laughs> the horror films, um, they scare me. But uh, I grew up uh, 
with all the classic slasher films, um, you know, Texas Chainsaw and the Freddy and Jason and all, and all those films. Um, there was one that always stuck in my head that was in particular. I think it was more, it was not as well known. Mm-hmm. It became, became a little bit of a cult classic, but it was called Madman. And it was the character Madman Mars. But the movie it was a 1981 movie called Madman. For some reason, same concept, slasher. But I just remember walking home with all my buddies from the mall, and we were all these macho kids. And lightning struck and hit a transformer next to us. I remember it scared the hell out of us. And I don't think we talked for like the next two days. We were just all scared out of our mind because of the film. Yeah. But, uh, that was a lot of fun. But yeah, there's there's always this running joke on how to scare me. So and it usually always works. <laughs> There was a lot of scaring each other on set too. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh that that had to be fun. I love trying to scare people when I'm successful at it. And my wife isn't too thrilled about it. I, she scares so easy. <laughs> I and I'll say 99.9% of the time I'm not even doing anything on purpose. I just happen to be walking in a room she doesn't hear me. And she's like, you need to, why, why are you walking so quiet? I'm like, I'm like this all the time. I'm always walking quiet. I'm not trying to scare you. But it's, and then as far as horror with me, what got me into it is I have older siblings and older cousins. And being the youngest one of them, you want to do what everybody else older is doing. So when they're watching horror movies, I'm watching horror movies with them. Scared, but I'd still watch them. And I, I was so scared to the point where I would not go to the bathroom without one of them walking me to the bathroom, waiting outside the bathroom, and then walking me back to the movie. Aww. It was it was brutal. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know how I stuck around so long with the love of horror, but I would do that. And the movie that stands out, I don't know if it's the first horror movie I've seen. I don't know if it's the first horror movie that scared me, but it was um, Creepshow Part 2, The Hitchhiker. Yeah. You know, thanks for the ride, lady. For some oh, reason, man. that terrified me. And, like... Watching it, obviously, as I got older, watching it later on, I'm like, I was really afraid of this. Like, what, what's so scary about this? <laughs> just laughing at it. But as a kid, your mind, like, your imagination is just wild. And you think, like, this person's going to come get you. You know it's fake. But at the same time, like, this person's going to come get me, this, that, and the third. And it's just, it grew. It, like, snowballed. Like, I have, younger, I have a younger sibling, and I have younger cousins and all that. So when it came time for me, I would be, like, the one that introduced them into horror or something. And we would just hang out, watch horror movies, rent movies, and all this from the, excuse me, from the video store and all that good stuff. And it would always be a horror movie and a game. And it just kept growing and growing. One of my closest friends, he's like a brother to me. He lives out in Colorado now. We grew up watching horror together, and we go, we went to them. We started going to cons together, and now it's just I have a freaking podcast for it. So, <laughs> very strong passion. And I get to meet a lot of cool people like you guys and a bunch of other people just because of horror. Like that, that's one thing I never thought would happen. Just watching horror movies. Now I get to sit down and talk with directors, actresses, and act- actors and actresses from all over the place. And to me, that's that alone is such a great reward. Have you ever uh, got to make a cameo in someone's horror movie? I would love to. <laughs> that I I don't even care if it was just me walking through. I don't care if I get killed first, second, third. I don't care if there was a way where I was able to get to that point of being in something small, cameo of something small, and I was financially able to get to wherever the set was and get home and all that. I would. Oh man, that would be awesome. Yeah, we should uh, we should write you in as the podcaster reporting 
on Jed who gets murdered. <laughs> if there's a way we could all make it happen, I'm definitely down for it. I don't even care if I'm an off-screen kill. <laughs> <laughs> so did you hear about that guy that died? Yeah. <laughs> did you see my picture? Yeah, him. <laughs> no, it's it's just it's it's so cool how horror brings so many people together. Like I think about my childhood from horror and stuff, and then just growing into it more. And again, with these cons I get to go to, I love seeing the fans there dressed up. Like the cosplayers are just amazing. Like, are you sure you weren't on set? What you know, the, how well they dress, and I love oh, seeing yeah. how they have like their children in the horror, like at a young age, just dressed up as like a little Jason or a little Freddy, and it's it's so cool. Yeah. You no. Know, um, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Ashley. I was just gonna say it's definitely like strange now, being an adult and like having had this passion for so long, and it's like realizing that you don't grow out of it; you just grow and lean more into it. Yes. Like this is what I want for the rest of my life. How do I make this happen? Yeah, like mom, this wasn't a phase. I really loved this. <laughs> <laughs> so true that's how i mean i think that's how um a lot of actors probably feel and i mean i feel that way too because it's like yeah you can sit in your room and write all these little stories that you're like later you look at them and you think this is dumb but then you're like oh i wrote the story oh now it's a movie oh people like it what see that's <laughs> it's, it's insane that's it's it's cool though. Again, me looking from the outside of being a podcaster, when I get a chance to talk to you guys and others, I like how everybody that I've interviewed and sat down and chatted with, they kind of like break down what goes on through this process. Because, I mean, most a lot of people don't get that opportunity to have conversations with you guys like that, and it's just, I love it. I appreciate it because me, I just get to see the finished product. I don't know about all the hours you had to put into it, all the somebody falling down the stairs, then you got to wait a day or two because Bob twisted his ankle. I hope that doesn't happen to you. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> he was scared of a little puppy chasing him. And, you know, like, there's there's so much that goes into a movie that I feel people don't see. And I feel, I've said this before, I've stolen this from my brother, but I'm taking credit for it now. He already knows about it. Horror is... Fan-made films, like what you guys do, independent films, fan-made films, are like the backbone of horror now. Because you guys, I feel like you guys keep it going. You guys keep that, keep it breathing. And I love it. I love you guys all for it. And I just, I can't wait to see more and more from what you guys do in other fan-made films. Because you guys come up with these new, fresh ideas. You're big fans of it. Like, it's not, I'm not saying you don't want to make money off it. Because I know everybody does. But you're not doing it for money. You're doing it for the passion first. And then the money comes after. Which... I just think that's what makes the best content because you really do love it. Yeah, I definitely think that nobody saw this as like an opportunity to like for financial gain. Everybody saw it as like, here's this story. Here's this script that's floating around. You know, I identify with it. I want to be a part of making this. And that's great. That's great how that all came along and worked. And when when did you guys say it was coming out in November, right? Um, we are trying to do our cast and crew screening in October. Okay, we're almost done with music. Uh, music's coming along. We've got David Cortello. He is actually a music instructor at um, one of the local 
community colleges, and he is fantastic with scoring, and he does all of his stuff original. Um, we are very lucky to have David doing music for us. Um, so once music is good, we're going to try to get the casting crew party planned out so everyone can watch it, and then we'll start talking about festivals and when we can release it. I saw the other day David posted a picture of like a hammer or himself holding a hammer. Yeah. Like, and a caption was like working on Jed. And I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. He had like a whole tool belt full of like saws and hammers. And he's like making original scores. <laughs> I love that. Now, how, how long did it take for you to write the script for this movie? Um, it took me. I think the rough draft took me maybe a couple days, honestly, wow. uh, because the way that I did this film is I thought about the characters that I wanted, and then I thought about what can I do with that, and I made the story around the characters. Um, uh, people do it different ways. That's just kind of how Jed worked. Um and so once I had that, you know, just writing the story itself came pretty quickly. And of course, I did a bunch of tweaks and everything. So I think I started writing the script um, in October of 2017 mm -hmm. when I told my friend that I was like, we're going to make a horror movie. I'm going to write a script right now. So I started the script in October and I'm pretty sure... Um, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure we were making revisions up until really like a week or two before we started shooting the movie. Because um, there's always, you you always go back and you're like, well, maybe I should change this wording or ah, I don't really want them to do this. Mm -hmm. And one of the problems we ran into that we had to work around was in the original script, we were wanting to use a lake and we were wanting to throw in a skinny dipping scene. Um, but we just didn't have that available to us, so we had to rework with what we had. Um, so we had a creek that was not very deep. <laughs> <laughs> so it would have been very awkward for them to just be, like, laying on the bottom of this creek, like, trying to skinny dip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of had to rework that as well, and that happened fairly close to the time we were shooting, because um, we were hoping it would be deep enough, but it was not. <laughs> okay. I remember reaching out to the Moose Lodge and, like, trying to use as friendly and vague wording as possible about using their, like, private docs because I didn't think they'd be quite cool with it if they knew exactly what it was. But maybe if we were vague enough, like, we're just doing a film out here. There's a scene where this couple is by the lake. Mm-hmm. And that's <laughs> another thing. It's, you know, it people can talk in general statements like yeah i'm cool with the lgbt community blah 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 but finding locations or even just asking for locations where you're like hey i'm making an lgbt movie um you feel like you need to include uh two girls will make out <laughs> is that okay even though it's like you know if they were heterosexual characters you wouldn't mention that. You would just be like, hey, I'm making this movie. Can I use your space? And they'd yeah. be like, yeah, sure. And you wouldn't feel the need to ask and like include that. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's really crazy when you think about it because it's like we're trying to 
you know, we're trying to bridge that gap by making more LGBT horror films, but at the same time, it's, you still feel it, where it's like, are they gonna let me play it here? Like, even now, looking for a venue for our cast and crew party, some of the places I've thought of, I'm like, I know that they're not gonna be okay with this, and I'm like, because, you know, I've I've talked to these people about other things before, and that's just not something they support. Mm-hmm. So it's it is difficult <laughs> to find places uh, and venues that are cool with you know for you know lack of a better term, two girls making out. <laughs> it's I guess it's one of those things somebody has to break that barrier, so to speak, and just cross that line. And once that happens, to where say Say at a, I don't know the you know the industry or anything down there, but say there's only like out of fifty places, only ten of them will show your film down there. Those ten will break that barrier for somebody else to do it or for you guys to do another one, and the other ones will join in as soon as they see the financial gain, which is selfish and sad the way things work in this world. But we all know it that people really they'll say they don't accept certain things, but then we're like, okay, well, if you accept, say you accept this movie. Your theater is gonna make a hundred million dollars first day. Oh yeah, well of course, yeah. Come on, come in, come in. They, they don't want to. So nobody wants to be that risk taker of. Oh, this might not work as far as that goes, or whatever. They just want to. Hey, well, are they doing it over there across the street? No. Okay, well we can't do it either because you know we're uncomfortable. Whatever. It's. Yeah, it's really it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing breaking of the barrier, where. It's just something that you do every day, <laughs> every time you need to do anything with this movie in particular. Yeah. It's like, okay, all right, I need to ask these people if it's cool, because this movie is, is a is a gay movie. <laughs> Here we go. Hopefully, you know, this is a positive experience. <laughs> but it, it, you know what's going to happen, too? People, are, like I said, people are going to see the movie, they're going to be a fan of the movie, and then they're going to want more. I think that as much sort of, like, for lack of a better word, like, pushback, Mm -hmm. you know, at its best, it was, or, you know, at the best, it was intolerance, and at the worst, it was pure hatred. We had some threats and things like that from individuals, but I think for every instance where something like that happened, there was somebody else who saw this project and wanted to be a part of it, Mm -hmm. in part because of the LGBT content and the idea that this is going to break barriers this is going to be different than what you're used to seeing and this is going to encourage accurate representation of lgbt folk in film which is great especially in horror yeah which is cool and i mean me being black (laughs) i understand i don't i don't i may not understand as far as from the lgbt community but i understand as far as having to fight or you know fight extra for doing the same thing that the person right next to you is doing just because of that difference, which is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And then as far as, again, with horror and being black, you don't really see strong leads as, and it doesn't even bother me, but it, it would be cool to see like a cool, slasher's my favorite, so it'd be cool to see like a cool black lead as a slasher, as the slasher themselves, not the first or second guy getting killed and the comedy relief and all that, which it's changing somewhat, but, which is great. So just like okay, come on now, let's let's give us a bigger role. First of all, if my black ass is in this movie, I'm, my black instincts are gonna kick in. I'm gonna run. I'm not saving anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not playing the hero. I'm just leaving. I'm running, 
and that's it. Like Reggie the Reckless in Friday the 13th Part 5, if you're familiar with that. He screamed, and he took off, and he survived. <laughs> It's a smart thing to do yeah. in any horror situation. <laughs> Run away. Yeah, I'm not going to. Oh, wait. I heard a noise upstairs. Let's go see what that is. No. No. <laughs> you know, I got to say, I got to say two things. Uh, the first thing, we did not have a lot of diversity as far as race goes in our cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't because we planned that. It was just a matter of who submitted uh, to be casted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like who responded. And we do have one actor named Matthew. Um, he is, he's black as well. And he, he does die. <laughs> and I was, I was uncomfortable with that. Um, because I was like, Oh my God, people are going to think that I did this on purpose. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't do this on purpose. And it, I just, I just remember it was funny because I had a conversation with Matthew because there were two roles and I, I let him, you know, I, I was like, we've got this role and this role, you know, here's what happens in both of these roles. Um, what, which would you want to do? Because I knew he was a really good actor. And I'm like, you can handle either one of these. Like, what do you want to do? Um, and he picked the one that died. Uh, so I was like, all right, well, just so you know, (laughs) I didn't plan that Matthew. And I just, I think it's funny how, how, um, just our society or how I like, why I even felt that way, you know, where I should have just been like, Oh, no big deal but I know that there will be people that watch it and be like, Oh, of course yep. <laughs> it's just, it's just funny to me yeah, for, how, how all that works. <laughs> see for me with this podcast, that that's just like a, one of those running jokes we have. We have, there's plenty of them, probably all immature and inappropriate, but we don't care. But that's, <laughs> that's definitely one of them. And I, I always say like, it's, far as my black instinct ticking in and running because i'm just thinking i think of a time when i was a kid scared like when my mother's coming home and i did something stupid i know i'm gonna get a spanking first thing i do is is run i mean i i didn't pick the best places to hide it was like the people in the horror movies you run upstairs and hide under the bed or hide hide under the covers like that's gonna save you but you know i ran at least i didn't just stay there and see what was gonna (laughs) yeah exactly and that was honestly one of the things i was trying really hard to kind of think through and not do when writing Jed where I was like, okay, if I was in this situation and this happened to me, I would try to get the fuck out of there. (laughs) So I'm like, what would they do to get out of there? And why can they not do that? And like, that was, that was probably the hardest part where I would go back and I'd be like, wait a minute, why didn't they just do this? And I'm like, crap, <laughs> i got to play that out so it makes sense because I hate it when that happens when you're like, ah, like there's there's an answer right beside them and they go the opposite direction and it's like, dude, yeah. why didn't you even do that? <laughs> I under, I mean, I get it to an extent too though because it's a horror movie so those things, you, you have to do it to make the movie but it's just like, okay, like, come on, somebody has to be smart out of the bunch. At least one person has to do the right thing. Everybody else go left. I'm going to go straight up the street because I know I heard a noise from the left. I'm not going over. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, when you watch it and you see something and you're like, why didn't they just do this? Just let me know because I'm curious because I'm sure that there are scenarios that I completely overlooked. (laughs) I mean, I got to praise your writing, though, in a sense, because even, like, before being on set, even just reading the script for the first time, you know, it's six women and without having a face to put with a character, it can be hard just reading it to try and like 
keep each character unique in your mind. Like, oh, this is the character that would do this. But I felt like each character had a sense of agency and I could see their thought process when they were like when they were responding to the Turner brothers like and I could see their objective like Jordan wants to protect Courtney want is a protector and you know how each character responds is I think accurate to that person that's I, I like this uh the more you guys talk about this movie, I, I, it just needs to hurry up and come out so I can see. So I can see. <laughs> <laughs> That's my selfish fan, horror fan <laughs> thing right there. Like, look, just put it out tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Come on. <laughs> waiting <Yeah>. for David. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, we would have had it out sooner. Um, but as soon as we stopped shooting, I was trying to get it edited um, through someone else uh and they had a lot of stuff come up and i'm not you know by any means saying that it's their fault or anything like that because life happens um and then i got the footage back and i started to edit it and then my laptop decided it does not want to run premiere pro at all so i'm like okay great (laughs) so i can't edit this (laughs) my friend can't edit this uh, most of my other friends who do editing were busy, and I was like, okay, well, this is just going to be postponed a little bit. Um, and we, we finished shooting in August. Fast forward to January. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I finally got with one of my friends, and he was like, yeah, I can help you. I'll, I, I'd like to do more color. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, all right, I'm just, I got to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going <laughs> to sit through my slow laptop crashing and restarting. And Premiere Pro just freezing up. So I got it done. I I edited it <laughs> somehow on this laptop that was not having it. And I passed it off to my friend, and he did all the color. Uh, his name's Graham. He, he did a really good job going back and kind of fixing things that I missed or things that I literally just could not see because my laptop wouldn't render things when I was trying to play it back. So I couldn't see what I had just done. Um, so there's a, a lot of touch and feel. <laughs> so I was like, uh, I think this is going to be good. And so then, you know, eventually we got to a point where we had something to give to the music composer, David. So David is, he is doing, he's doing great. <laughs> so as far as timeline goes, that's, that's my fault <laughs> with the slow editing computer. I- I, I understand. I've had um, actually just about three weeks ago, I had four episodes on here, and my computer just decides it wants to crash, <laughs> so I lost all of those. And so I, I I get the whole technology crap just screwing up on you, and it it sucks. But I learned from it. I finally like what I started doing was after that happened was I'll um, save it, mix it down, and send it right to my brother so he can do the edits and produce it for me. And I've since my first, I think I have out like 75 or 76 episodes. Since my very first episode, I always said, as soon as I'm done with this episode, I'm going to save it, mix it down, and just send it right to him. 70-something episodes later, I was saying the same thing. <laughs> Didn't do it. But I, I, I did it so far, like three or four episodes in a row now. So that's, that's progress. And this is that backup drive. Yeah, I do have that. I what I do. That's another thing I do. I'll save it on my ex- external hard drive, this hard drive, and send it over to them. 
I think. No, I gotta say. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just, I was just gonna say, I'm very glad we did not run into losing anything while shooting Jed because I know that we we did have to reshoot uh, one of our scenes, um, which both times we did the scene, that's when we were shooting all night up until six in the morning. Um, so I know that everyone would have been just thrilled if we would have had to redo something else. Guys, I forgot to hit record. <laughs> I think we joke about like how this extended post-production process and you know, it has taken a long time and as far as we're concerned it could come out tomorrow and we just all be happy. But everything has happened like we're not exactly sure how to word this, but the people that we have had both on set and just a part of our production crew, like our VFX guy mm-hmm. has worked on a great timeline. You know, he I've seen his work and I'm really excited to see some of the stuff that he does with this. You know, we've heard that the color looks good and from what I've seen, you know, it looks great. And I think that I would rather wait a long time for something that everyone's proud of than to have had it out, you know, last year, earlier this year, mm-hmm. and it not be the best thing that we could produce. I understand that one million percent. I respect that too. That's just that's I I'm just so excited. I like it again, I love horror and I have a real strong passion for the fan-made films and the indie films because I know it's not your big Hollywood budget, so to speak. It's people that are just scrapping their dimes and nickels together to do their passion and do their dream. And I'm like, I, I can't not support that. I have to support that. And a lot of the movies are actually really good movies. They look good. They sound good. I mean, not everything's great, but a lot of them are really good movies, a good story. And some are a really good story. They just need a little bit. They could have used a better budget, but they put it out there for the world and Maybe their next budget will be a little bit better because people seen what they can do with a smaller budget, and it goes on from there. Which I gotta respect that. Yeah, a lot of things um, people people don't really think about um, when they if they don't make movies and they just see like all these independent films, uh, they don't realize that most of the cast and crew are multitasking. Mm-hmm. So. For example, just because I was directing, I was also, at some points, I was holding lights, I was running slate, I was making, like, putting my hands in front of the light to make it look like fire, um, I was doing all sorts of stuff, I was miking people, etc. Um, just whatever I could do to get everything going and get everyone where they need to be. Um, and I know that Ashton was doing the same thing, so was Bobby and a lot of our um, cast as well they'd be like, if they weren't in a scene, they'd be like, hey, what can I do? And they would be there during that scene and they would run slate for us or they would PA and they would give us something we needed. Um, so everyone on these independent film sets, you know, it's kind of like the mindset of those versus like the bigger budget sets where a lot of people are like, I'm getting paid to do this job and that's all I'm going to do. Um, and I think that is it's just two different atmospheres. Um, it's it's just a lot of fun when you work with people who are like, hey, what do you need? I'll do it. Yeah. Um, just for the fact of, I want to get this movie done. Like, what do you need? Um, and yeah. there's no, there's no, there's usually no ego involved. It's like, let's do it. Um, and those are the, if you can find people 
to work with who are like that, then you need to hang on to those people because those are going to be the best people that you'll work with. I agree. And I've had somebody else, I can't remember who said it, so if you hear this episode, I apologize, but they were telling me how they would they would act on the movie, they'd be behind the camera, like just doing other jobs, which she said it was rewarding and good because you learn so much, you get so much more respect of actually making a film than just, again, no disrespect, just being behind the camera. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I'm just saying you, you have more than one task of being just behind the camera or just in front of the camera. Like, you're like look, I got to do this, 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 and this. But you get to learn all of those little tasks of everything, which makes you appreciate it more and probably appreciate the cast and each other more and appreciate those jobs more that everybody does because you have to help out with every single thing on the set. Yeah, I think Bobby – oh, sorry. You're fine. I didn't mean to, like, talk over you, but I was just going to say, I think Bobby was, like, the best at this, as far as I'm concerned, because every time I saw him, he was either doing something or he was checking in with somebody or delegating a task to somebody. Like, he kept things running a lot. He'd be making sure that the actors were feeling groovy before, like, a scene and making sure that they had what they needed. Um, He would, you know, I'd go up to him if I didn't have a task and... Uh, needed to be assigned something, and he'd know exactly what would need to be done. You know, he was great about keeping the ball rolling and keeping people feeling good. That's, see, yeah. that's great. Well, that's, what, that's what I love about working with Bobby, uh, is that we both, for the most part, kind of maintain this, like, very chill vibe while we're shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so most of the time when he is my assistant director, I will be so focused on like one or two things involving the shot or the lighting or like something technical. And then Bobby will always be like, without me saying anything, he'll be like right there checking in on the actor, making sure everything's fine, looking at things that I may have missed and being like, what do you think about this? Um, So we, Bobby and I are just like this really good balance. And I mean, we've, how many films have we done since then together, Bobby? Like, Quite a few. Four since last About summer? Four, three, four, five. Yeah, quite a few. That's cool. Yeah, we just, you know, we just work well together. Um, and that's really, I'm really glad I had him as my assistant director during this stressful 10-day, let's shoot a 60-minute long movie. Are they all, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, uh, what was your question? Oh, I was going to ask, are they all, with the ones that you and Bobby did, are they all horror films? Um, no, actually, um... We've done a we've done a couple horror, um, but they were mainly for the uh, like the horror forty eight hour contest kind of thing. Okay. Um, so we did one right before. Well, it was like last last month, I believe. We did one um, with a friend, and it was about PTSD. So it was more of like a drama. Okay. Uh, and the one before that we did was more of a drama as well. Uh, so we kind of we kind of spread our wings a little bit and we are also in a very very early (laughs) pre-production planning phase of a buddy cop web series we've been tossing ideas around about um starring bobby and myself playing like two (laughs) completely different cops um and so that's gonna be like a a whole thing people might not find it funny uh we think it's hilarious so that's, you know, it's the best we can do. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Now, with the, the other projects you were discussing that you guys did, are they available to watch? or 
Um, the last one we did is still in the final stages, and then the one, the uh, second, the other drama we did back in March um, is another one that I wrote. It's called A Stitching Time. Mm-hmm. Um, it is another LGBT short film. Uh, so it's about a breakup based on a true story, and that one is almost done. We just have a little bit of scoring left to go, and we've got um, our friend David scoring that one as well. Uh, but I, he was almost done with it, but I kind of shifted his focus to Jed. And I was like, hey, man, we, we really got to get Jed done. Like, <laughs> people are messaging me every day, like, when is Jed going to be done? <laughs> I was like, we'll just put a stitch in time on the back burner just for a second <laughs> so we can finish Jed. Um, and then a stitch in time uh, information about that is also on our Outlandish Productions website. Okay. Um, on Facebook and outlandishproductions.net. Um, and that one, kind of going to do the same thing, do it on a couple uh, festival runs, and then I'll probably put that one online uh, on, on our YouTube page uh, for Outlandish Productions, and that one can be watched whenever. That's I See, that's one thing I think is a, such a great idea for people is, I mean, if it's something you want to do, obviously, but putting it out on the YouTube I, I seen. I don't know if you guys watched um, Never Hike Alone. Mm-mm. It's a um, independent horror film. It's a Friday the 13th independent horror film, fan film, and they put it out on YouTube first. And they after that they got a back. I or actually they already had a backing for it to get like Blu-rays and all that, but they ended up putting it out on YouTube for everybody to see. And from watching it on YouTube, I was like, I gotta get a damn blue. I gotta get one of these damn Blu-rays, and it's just. <laughs> It's. I think it's smart if you can do it, and if you want to do it that way, just because you people get to see your work and they're like, holy wow, this is what they get. This is what they do, and I'm a fan. Like if I if I really love the movie, I'm like, I gotta buy this. How the hell can I buy it? And I'm like, oh wow, well they have a Indiegogo thing for, you know, Blu-rays and all this other stuff. So I got the Blu-ray for it, and they're coming out with a part two, and I believe they're gonna be doing another Indiegogo for it. Nice, awesome. I'll have to check that out. But it was. Yeah. Definitely a really good, fun film. Yeah, I think the plan, at least for that short film, is to be able to have it uh, available to people for free, and then hopefully by watching that and by hearing buzz about Jed and maybe catching it in one of the local theaters or at a festival, create a little more um, hype about the next Jed coming up and how they can help out and trying to get more people like, okay, these, these people, they know how to turn a camera on. Like, okay, we can get down <laughs> with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just so freaking excited for this freaking movie. This Jed movie. I'm real excited about it. When I, when the first trailer you guys sent me, I was like, wow, this is, this is going to be something. This is really going to be something. And then the one you guys sent me today, I was like this. Yeah. I got to see this. Oh, we appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Uh, we, it's funny because we we did a we did a recasting between the trailer, uh, the first trailer shoot we did, and then when we shot the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's funny the the actor Laura that we we brought on later. Uh, she she was like, I'm not even in the trailer. <laughs> when are we gonna get a new trailer? So we like put out this newer one and be like, Look, you're in the trailer, there you are. That's awesome. <laughs> Everyone That's knows perfect. you're in the movie now. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I think at this point our original trailer is like more of a sizzle reel because mm-hmm. we were using it for um 
the news station and for our campaign to show people kind of what we could do with this story. But now that we have this new trailer, it's definitely, at least in my opinion, more representative of what the film is. Now, are you guys planning to ever get these move this movie out jet on um dvd or blu-ray um i've i've thought about it i thought about uh trying to distribute it through dvd and blu-ray um honestly i i think i'm gonna wait and see how it does in festivals um just kind of see what kind of interest we have um because i you know i know that there's there's a lot of horror fans out there and we appreciate all of you um I'm just trying to weigh, like, is anyone going to order this? Or is this going to be more of a, I'd rather watch this online kind of thing. Um, so we're still kind of figuring that one out. I'm, I'm asking this question because I'm trying to figure out how I can get my, uh, my signed copy from you guys. So, <laughs> that's one thing I'm always, I'm always big on. Like, when I, go to these, when I go to cons or if I have somebody on the podcast or whatever, when I do get a chance to buy their movies... I always want them signed, and some people are just like, why do you want it? I'm like, you were involved in the movie, right? Yeah, well, I want your autograph, because that's awesome that I got to get this movie from you. And... Well, we'll burn one for you, for sure. Yeah. Even if it has to be just on, on a desktop. That works. Yeah, it might be like a little blank DVD with some clip art on the front, you know, but we'll sign it for you, for right. sure. That's, that, that's, that's a good way to start. I'm like, listen, you guys, they, they sent me this and signed it. You got to back this movie. Yeah. Yeah, we can make that happen. We can definitely make that happen. I'm holding you. Now I'm going to have to hold you to it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really do think you guys are going to do a really good job with this movie and future projects and Jed 2 and anything else you guys do with with whatever genre you guys decide to do and stick with, especially horror, though, just because I feel, again, horror is so welcoming to everybody and everything, and we'll watch any type of horror movie at least once or twice, and there's always, I feel horror, every single horror movie, no matter how good or how bad it is, I feel there's, like, a core group of fans for that movie. Right. I feel like genre fans are genre fans like if you're really into romantic comedies you like them and that's kind of the movie you gravitate towards but if you're a horror fan it has like a different connotation yeah. it's like that's in your blood there there aren't any like romantic comedy conventions that i'm aware of no. and you know what it, you know what it is when she's mentioned rom-coms those are the kind of movies you can only watch one time you watch it may, maybe twice but it's usually one time and i say this because they always they always pretty much start the same you have the happy couple they go through something in the middle of the movie the end of the movie they end up getting married or something happens there's always singing and dancing at the end of these damn rom-coms every single time singing and dancing. <laughs> <laughs> like, you- i'm just like my mind's going straight to wedding crashers yeah <laughs> and even in mo- also a lot of comedy movies in general there's like singing and dancing i'm like can you just end this movie a different way please at least once just Everybody's getting in that damn line, dancing down, you know, dancing down in the middle. And we so got to figure out how to incorporate singing and dancing into Jed 2, at least just <laughs> once. Let's think about that. I was also thinking during our Buddy Cop yeah. series, doing an episode where Bobby and I have to, like, go undercover for, like, a rock band or something. And it's funny because neither one of us can sing. 
That's so, even better. Get ready, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your dancing shoes on. Well, yeah, if, I'm ready. If you do it in Jed 2, you got to have the people that are singing and dancing, like, have the extra characters that just get, just for being loud, singing and dancing, drunk, they just get killed off just because, like, listen, man, <laughs> we're trying to hide. We're over here having a party. Relax. Yeah, I, I can promise you that there's uh, there's no singing in Jed. <laughs> so if you're looking for a musical, I'm sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> no. Maybe next time. Hey, there's always next time. That's cool, though. <laughs> I like how you guys are such a strong team, though. You said you've worked together on other films, and you're going to work together on more films. I like you're keeping the core together, and that's that's awesome. So it's like if I move up, you move up, we move up. Not just if I move up, bye-bye to you guys. You guys help me with everything. <laughs> wipe my tears, you scrape Later. my blood. Peace. Where are you going? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, you know, I think just all of us want to see each other succeed. And at least the way I feel, if if I were to move up, I would want people that I love to go with me, you know? So I would want to work with people that yeah. I know get the job done and, like, I know that are good to work with. And I think it's safe to say that, you know, most of us feel that way. Yeah, this is the dream team. The dream team, the horror dream team. That's good. That's beautiful. My uh, my dogs agree as well. <laughs> They're saying, "Don't forget about us." That's all we need approval of. <laughs> um. Wow. This is a this is a really good episode. Fun episode. Do you guys have any questions or anything for me? Uh. Not really. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you have an actual I, question. Yeah. Um, when do you think this will air? I don't know if you mentioned that before we started the interview. No, I, I didn't. Um, as soon as we're done recording this, I'm going to mix it down and send it to my brother. <laughs> It'll be... <laughs> sure. <laughs> it, it is going to take a couple weeks because I have other episodes. I did, like, this is my fourth episode this weekend. So I try to do them in order out of how I record. I try to get them out in that time frame. You know what I mean? Like, Right. But I drop my episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. So within the next couple of weeks, and I will definitely send you guys an email, or I, def I definitely do posts in the group. Like, I'll let you guys know when it's going to come out, and I'll send you guys links of when it is out. I just can't give yeah, you a specific. Great. I can't give you an exact date because I have a couple ahead of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. fine. I'd love to you, you, you posted in the group page. Say that one more time. You said you do post it in the group page. Yeah, I post. I have okay, a. Cool. I posted in the group page, and I have the group page. I made for just like any and everybody who loves horror. You can post whatever you want. You can promote your own stuff and all that good stuff. And I made a, a um a page with the same exact name, but that's more to help for me to promote the podcast. I do like when people do go and like it and share the page too. But that's okay. more for the podcast, the group. Again, that's anything horror-related. It could be a funny meme, a funny picture, video, YouTube, whatever, or just to promote yourself. Feel free, and please do. Cool. Yeah, awesome. I just jo I actually just joined it as we were talking before earlier, so, oh, awesome. so I'll, I'll look forward to uh, following it. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's Bobby paying attention. He's just scrolling on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> but he is paying attention to the group, though, so that's good. Good job, Bobby. <laughs> Um, I, I will, I will leave you with this though. Uh, 
if you have an idea for a title for Jed 2 other than Jed 2, hmm. let me know. <laughs> I'm open to suggestions. Still brainstorming that one. I might have to see the first one to really give you a good answer, <laughs> but right now all I have is Jed 2. <laughs> Jed 2. The less context, the better. I mean, we, we've come up with some titles um, that are really stupid. Um, <laughs> but great, nonetheless. Um, I think one of our friends said, me, myself, and Jed. <laughs> you know what you guys should, yeah. should do is um, let fans come up with some titles, like maybe come up with X amount of titles, just have like a vote of like a top 10 that you guys like off a list that vote off the top 10, and that's the title. Yeah, I think we'll probably do something like that. That Because uh, as a fan of horror, like when, again, with these fan-made films, when I notice people do – React more when they're when they feel they're involved or when they're involved with something. So if it's even something as simple as helping pick a title, people will love that. And hey, I, I, this title won. This is the title I chose. This is the title I voted for. Look, we, <laughs> now I really want to see this movie. Yeah, definitely. I think I think we'll probably try to do something like that. So I hope everyone follows Outlandish Productions on I, Facebook, and I, from that page, you should be able to find Jed specifically. Um, it's a separate page, but it's still connected. Yeah, I just like <laughs> both of them. Nice. And again, share them, like them both, everybody. Join these groups. Support these guys. They're doing something amazing. Breaking some barriers. Breaking some chains. And I think this movie's going to be great. And again, I, can't, I just can't wait. To, I'm so excited to see it. I feel like it's coming out like tomorrow, and I know i got to wait a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, 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 I understand completely. You guys want it to be correct. You want it to be 100% right before you just put it out there to the world. And I respect that. I'm happy that you guys are doing that. I just, I'm impatient. I learned to be patient. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. It does. <laughs> no, we really, we really, really appreciate you bringing us on your show and letting us talk a little bit about our movie. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, this is actually the first podcast that we've recorded an interview with. We did um, sort of a behind-the-scenes thing with the Colorful Life Productions, the YouTube channel, while we were filming. But this is the first kind of, like, post-mortem thing we've been doing. So we got a scoop in a lot of things. Yes, definitely. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you all. Definitely thank you all for coming on and... However you guys found me, thank you for reaching out, and I can't wait to record with you guys again. Anytime, I mean, anytime you guys want to come on here and talk about horror, review a horror movie, promote any horror movies you guys are involved in, just shoot me an email, and we'll make it happen. Yeah, that sounds great. Is there anything else you guys want to plug before we end it, or? Um, you want to plug your social medias, your pages, anything you want to plug, go right ahead. Just make sure to like us on Facebook, Outlandish Productions. Uh, if you want to follow Jed directly, you can find it um, just J-E-D on Facebook. It should be the movie page. So you should be able to like, and you can see all of our photos, uh, some behind-the-scenes clips. If you go to our production website at outlandishproductions.net, you will be able to see the trailers for Jed. You'll be able to see some past films that we've done. Um, and films that I've worked on that weren't necessarily outlandish productions, but they were ones that we assisted in. 
Um, and you'll also be able to see some of the press we got. Uh, for example, we were interviewed, Bobby and I were interviewed um, at WLOS in Asheville. Uh, that video is on our website as well. And the video from the YouTube interview we did with uh, Color for Life Productions is also on our website. So just be sure to check those out. Um, message us if you want and get connected. Um, and just stay tuned for Jed. Stay tuned for Jed 2 and think of some clever titles in the meantime. <laughs> and if you have any trouble finding the, um, the Jed movie page on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Jed Trilogy. Trilogy. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I like the sound of that. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> I actually do have. I just thought of this. I have one more question for all three of you. It's the same question. As far as like what you guys do with the film, you know, the independent films and all that. What's some advice you would give to somebody that's trying to do the same thing you guys are doing? As far as the indie film, what's each of you like? One thing of advice you would give somebody to just. Do it. Uh, I Bobby, would, oh. you wanna? Nope, nope. Go ahead, Ashton. You sure? Yeah, that's fine. Oh, uh, I was just gonna say, like, especially in the case of Jed, make the movies that you want to make. Don't focus. I mean, obviously, we're all building our reels, and we're all, you know, getting resumes together and stuff like that. But don't be too concerned with how it looks to others that you're making this type of movie, mm -hmm. make the movies that you want to make and make the type of movies that you want to see. Because you're going to be, you're showing your passion will make the movie better than just something that sounds like a good opportunity or sounds like a good way yeah. to leverage yourself. Makes sense. And I would say, uh, we were talking about this earlier, um, as far as especially the you know short films or independent feature films or, or what have you, you have the ability to um, to learn everyone's position. So if you want to learn lighting or sound or acting, learning everyone's position and kind of lending a hand, it, it helps you in every sense. Like I said, I, I'm I'm kind of pursuing acting on a professional level, but because I have the background of directing or assistant directing or, or um, writing, you know I know where to be. Uh, as far as in front of the camera and it just, it helps, it helps knowing everyone's job or a little bit, bit of it. It helps tremendously sound. Um, whenever we're on set, we'll get someone that's never been on set before. Maybe we'll get them over to the sound and put on the headphones and, and understand what we're hearing. Um, and it just helps tremendously. And it's the only way you could do it is on independent film and you can't do it in big, big Hollywood, but, um, I think anyone that's in charge of the production, directing, stuff like that, let it, let everyone be involved. Um, yeah, I had to thank Lauren and Ashton for the compliments earlier. Um, and I do appreciate that. Like, Ashton, like you were saying, like, knowing a little bit of every what everyone's doing helped me in that sense. Like, I knew what the actors were looking for. Me and Lauren, had, we don't even have to say anything. I'll look at her, she looks at me, I know exactly what she needs, because we've been in those situations before, but... Just being able to know that someone needs help or, you know, sound or lighting has to be done this way. It's because I've been able to, to, to kind of dip my toe with every single part of what's going on in our film and everyone else too. Um, once you know those skills, 
you know, teach them to everyone else this way because it does. It really just helps tremendously. And I think it's just it's just nice to help other people. I didn't know any of this going in, and now I can help other people, and I make sure that I do that. So That's awesome. Um, I, I would say a couple things. Um, if you're just jumping on to a film crew, um, whether you've done it before or you're brand new, don't assume you know how something's going to be done. Um, every set is a little different. Just make sure you're open to what's going on and you're listening. Um, and if it's a film that, that you're wanting to do, you know, say you've never made a film before, you just wrote a script, and you're like, man, I really want to make this movie. I think the best thing to do is to just have fun with it um, because you, you want that to be a good experience. You don't want this to be extremely stressful thing especially if it's your first film uh you need to leave that that good memory in your head of this is when i made a film that was really fun surround yourself with people who kind of have the same mindset of they want to get it done but they are going to be easy to work with and they're going to be friendly and they're going to listen and um you know have people you trust um it never hurts to have someone who's got a little bit of experience behind the camera or a little bit of sound experience but if not that's totally fine too i mean once you do one you and then you watch it back you you learn and even while you're shooting you learn oh man i should have done this beforehand or next time when i shoot i need to prep this um or next time i edit i need to look out for this um so it's it's just always a learning process so whenever you make your first film, and Jed is actually my first feature film that I've ever done, and I'm trying really hard at, at some points not to be too hard on myself because you just got to keep reminding yourself, this is my first film. Like, this is my first feature film. Mm -hmm. Like It's not perfect, but I learned something from it. And on my next film, I'm going to do that differently. I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, and I think that that's the most important part is if you're having fun, you're going to learn something and you're going to want to keep doing it. And if you make it this experience that's just extremely stressful and, and you hate every second of it because you think everything you're doing is wrong, you're not going to want to do it again. And, and just remembering that the film community, it shouldn't be a competition. It should be something where you're open to working with everyone. You want to see your peers succeed. Uh, you want to work together. You just want to network and with different people and see what their style is and you learn from them. Um, so really just be open, have fun, um, and just, like they said, just make the movie you want to make and just do it because you want to. I love all those answers were just great. I just, I, I'm trying to get better at asking that question and remembering to ask that question just because I would like to, one, get it out there for people who are interested in doing movies or just, whatever they want to do in general, just, you know, they have to put themselves out there to actually try it. But it's cool to get people's perspectives on it, different perspectives on their answers for that question. And again, thank you all so much for coming on. Thank you for reaching out to me. That means a lot. That's awesome. And I cannot wait to see the movie. I cannot wait to have you guys on here again because I had a great freaking time. And best of luck with everything you guys do. Thank you for the opportunity thank to you. come on. Thank, thank you so fun. much. Anytime, and I'm sure I'll hear you guys on a lot more interviews after this and a lot more podcasts, and I can't wait. We hope so. <laughs>
you just gotta, you will. You definitely will. Um, as a matter of fact, when we're done recording, I'll recommend you to another really good one that I like to I like to listen to myself a lot. Oh, that'd be great. But I guess I guess yeah. we can end it all here, and then I'll talk to you guys for a couple minutes, and we can you know. But again, thanks again okay. for coming on. And for my listeners, yes. you should know where to find me by now. But in case you forgot, I'm on Podbean, YouTube, anywhere you can listen to podcasts, Spotify, iTunes. I have the Horror with Search 30 page and group both on Facebook. If you ever want to be on the podcast, shoot me an email. These guys are proof. Reach out to me, horrorwithsurt.sturdy. Again, that's horrorwithsurt.sturdy at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening. And as always... I'll see you in your nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.